This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. (laughs) Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! Ha ha ha! You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the second hour of power with your resident knuckleheads. <laughs> Danny Bush over here, and I'm Tommy the True Newbauer, and of course, we got a third knucklehead in the studio. That's Greg Janik. Uh,. We are here to talk about, well, just about anything, mainly fishing and hunting, but just about anything every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, and you can call us at 799-1250 with questions, comments, whatever, uh, or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. But we don't have any uh, tweeting or uh, chatting or whatever that other stuff is. Insta-slam. Yeah, whatever all that stuff is. Tweeting, so we don't have Twitter, that yeah, we're we're just basic. Uh, we got any emails, by the way? No, no, no. You know, I'm glad people aren't emailing us while they're driving. Uh, I mean, if they're at home, that's okay. But no, nothing right now. No, I did have nothing. a guy call me. I was talking uh, last week about, um, you know, how these, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, something is grabbing these big green tomatoes off of my bushes. And, and taking, like, two or three bites out of them and then just leaving them. Get us some X-Files music yeah. there, Greg. No, anyway, so first of all, Keith, the, the electrician, the says, he, Keith, the electrician sees me over at Sherpers, and he says, you know, there's this big bug. It's about an inch or two long, and it chews up these green tomatoes, and it looks like something took a bite out of them. I says, yeah, but how do they get in my backyard? And then another guy says, uh, he wrote me an email on the CEO guys at okay. yahoo.com during the week. And he said, Tom, I, birds will peck at, you know, uh, tomatoes, you know. And I said, yeah, but I don't think they're strong enough to carry them in my, to my backyard. It's a ways away, you know. So it's got to be raccoons. It's, it's got to be. What do you mean? They, 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 they take a, a fist-sized green tomato that's still green. Yeah. They take a few, two or three bites out of it. And then they just leave it laying in the backyard. So they take them off your plant. Off the vine. And then leave it. Leave it someplace else. In take the middle a, of the yard. Some, yeah, they'll leave it someplace else. And that happened to my neighbor, too. How about the wily Woodchuck? I don't think we have any of those around us. I don't think we have those. 
No, the chipmunks. How would you they, know it's wily. I know they're wily. See, but you I don't haven't think been so. able to see what's <laughs> yeah. been getting. So how would you know if they're around yeah. or not? That's, <laughs> that's why true. you. That's why it's a mystery, Tom. That's why. But the chipmunks, they they chipmunks like, aren't going to no, carry no, no, up. No, 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 They eat the. I've got these ch- uh, gold cherry tomatoes, which are awesome, and uh, I think they're called sun sweet or whatever. Anyway, they like taking those and then sitting in a certain spot and eating them. The chipmunks. They, yeah, the chipmunks. And I don't care if they take a few. Are they That's no big truly deal. chipmunks or are they the 13-lined ground squirrel? No, they're chipmunks. These are chipmunks. They look like you know Alvin the Theodore. And... Because, okay, because they got that? the back. You, you know what John wanted me to do before he passed away, our beloved friend John Lehman? Because I had told him that uh, the chipmunks, you know, they eat the tomatoes, and there's a lot of them, and they dig all these holes, you know. And uh, so I was catching them, you know, and uh, I had a trap for them, a certain type of thing, you know. Where you need fall an in, extra trap, by the way? No, that they would fall in a bucket, you know, one of those deals. Anyway, you fall were, in a bucket of oh, water. Oh, you were drowning them then? You were well, doing the bucket, peanuts they, on top of the water in a well, five-gallon bucket? Well, whatever it was, yeah. And then you put a little... Yeah. Really? The little ramp and you all that. You are one but anyway, guy. Anyway, I had told John, this is this is a few months before he passed away, and I had told John how how I was <laughs> catching those chipmunks. He says, oh! Put a conibear bear out. He says, do you still Chop have them? head off. He says, do you still have them? I said... No, I don't have them. I buried them. You know, they're they're not. No, I don't have they them. Why? That great he says chipmunk burial ground. John says, sky. "Can you get me three of them?" I said, "Why?" He says, "I want to make a mount of three of them, and then on the mount it'll say Simon Theodore and what was the other one's name? Elvin. Elvin. Yeah, Simon Theodore and Elvin. He says, "I want to make a mount of three chipmunks and put Simon Theodore and Elvin on it." Well, I never got three of them after that. So well, <laughs> that would this, make an interesting mount, though. I got an idea. <laughs> How about we set up a stakeout at your place? Nighttime stakeout. Nighttime stakeout. I can. I'll break out the old infrared uh, night night vision stuff, right? And we so watch. We'll sit out with the pellet rifles, and when Bigfoot comes to take your tomatoes, <laughs> we say we need a bigger gun. Yeah, definitely. I, my my guess is. Uh, I think it's a raccoon. It's well, crazy. there's probably a raccoon living up in a, uh, being as it's happening at, happening at night. Yeah. Because yeah. during the day, wood, woodchucks are not known as nocturnal right. animals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Woodchucks, the wily woodchuck loves, likes to sit in the sun and be out, yeah. out and stuff. So I would say there's a raccoon, and they can live yeah. in trees in your neighborhood. They, or We've got a boulevard where we live, and they live under in those sewer drains or whatever oh, in the live, boulevard. So oh, they live yeah. under the, in the sewers, yeah. too, just like they, rats, Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. They oh, come out of those sewers? they sure do. And especially these ah, big sewers, gross, these big culvert, you know, they're bigger, like five-foot diameter culvert sewer drains that yeah. run underneath the, the boulevard. Some of them yeah. are like storm drains. Yeah, whatever they are, yeah, yeah. they live in there, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't seen some of those <laughs> floating in the harbor along with the condoms when they do the Emma when oh, the sewage God, does yeah. their big dumps because we got too much rain. Yeah. Flush the raccoons right on out. Flush them out. Seems to me there. I did hear a story about someone who saw a raccoon out swimming in a stuck in a bunch of garbage swimming in the harbor. Yeah. Seems to me I've heard stories yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, you know, uh, just uh, flip the topic around. I just thought of something. You know, okay. you, you, you know what Let's a kill switch is, Danny, right for your boat. Right? Yeah. For your outboard. Well, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when you have a bigger outboard, that, that kill switch is pretty important. So you have it hooked to your life vest because 
there, there's been a number of my read things around that happen around the country where something happens, they either hit something and they get thrown out of the boat or something happens to the outboard to get thrown out of the boat. And if you got a kill switch, that, that kills that motor right away. But if you don't, it keeps going, man. You know, it keeps going. I mean, it's it's really smart to use that kill switch, especially if you got a big outboard. You got a big outboard, it's so not a bad idea to kill, use it. Kill switch. Yeah. Who do you got on the line, Greg? Oh, uh, you don't know. Oh, yeah, he forgot already. Hey, good morning. Who are you? <laughs> Who is this? Yeah, Tom. Who is this? This is John. Hi, John. Good morning. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. What's on your mind today? Thank you. Um, your tomatoes, have you ruled out that it could be a squirrels? I, yeah, I've ruled that out. These are these are fist-sized tomatoes. I don't know if they're going to drag them from where my tomato plants are into my backyard. I got them alongside the house, and... I found one the other day by the neighbor's tree, which is probably 50 feet away. Yeah. And I don't think we have any raccoon. It's just when it, when they don't have it, no water, yeah. squirrels, they'll chew. I think they chew on them. Well, I've got a... I got Ooh, a maybe a, for the water. I got a bird bath that the squirrels drink out of, too. Oh, yeah. So the birds use it, the squirrels use it, so... Uh, you know, I always keep it full, you know, with good water and all that. But you know, it, it could be. It if a could... raccoon got in them tomatoes, I, you can see what they do to corn. They just rip. Yeah, it. yeah. You yeah, would think you know, it would there'd be nothing left. It'd be yeah, destroyed. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could be squirrels. Could be some big old I put squirrel. A, put a trap out the other day, and but nothing went in there. So. But nothing took any of yeah. my tomatoes since then either. So. You know, the funny thing is, is when I had, I put a live trap out and uh, I put some carrots in it, I think. Anyway, uh, yeah, there was no tomatoes taken when I had the live trap out when I, uh, two or three days after I took, put away the live trap. Well, there was a couple tomatoes in the backyard. <laughs> why didn't you, why are you using carrots for bait when they're eating the tomatoes? Well, why I tried, you put, I, cut, I tried the tomato first. Okay. And then I put the carrots out there. Well, for squirrels, I think you'd use peanut butter. Yeah. Well, yeah, peanut butter works. Well, there's a problem. When you put peanut butter in a live trap, the ants find it, and it's full of ants, full of those little red ants. So what? Because I've tried that before. Well, they eat up all the peanut. They take it all away. And 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 uh, I don't changing the peanut. Butter. Yeah, you got to keep changing. But it, I got so. I got an old box trap, a wooden one. I I think they would go in that one. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I used to build box traps as a kid, and I caught squirrels, I caught rabbits, I caught rats. Uh, the old box trap. I think they feel real comfortable going into something there's, like that. There's more room. Yeah, more room. Yep. I think right. I'm going to get some C4, some small pieces of C4 with detonators. And when me and Bushy are out that night, I'm going to have that little. That little button charge, you know, and when I see them, I'm going to press that button and blow Fire them up. Fire the hole. <laughs> Fire them up. <laughs> All right. All right, thanks for calling. I came out of the house yeah. uh, yesterday, and one was headed right for the tomatoes, and he turned around and went the other way. I got a hunched it. It might, it's, the, it's the wily squirrels. It might be. I might have to set out some tr- squirrel traps. All right. All right, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Speaking of yeah. uh, what squirrels will do, a couple of years back, um, I would go out to my boat, and on my, it's sitting on the trailer in the parking lot there in Pewaukee, and uh, right where you got the winch, where you go to crank it up, uh, right next to the winch, sitting on top, I found a walnut. Okay. Big old green, you know, Mm -hmm. the walnut inside, it's, 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 that's the hull, the outside. Right, right. The green part is the hull. And it's sitting there, up off the ground, and Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, Maybe Steve Milliot put this walnut here <laughs> as a joke. So I came yeah. out uh, 
again a couple days later, and there's another walnut sitting right there. Mm-hmm. And so finally, I never said anything about it. And then Steve said, he said, about a week later, he goes, you know, I found a walnut sitting on my boat trailer. Same spot, right? Yeah, yeah. He thought I was doing it. Uh, came to the conclusion that it was the squirrel. Yes, squirrels And I've that. heard that squirrels will store their nuts particularly high if it's going to be a big snow winter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that that might be one way of telling what, that you're going to get a lot of snows if the squirrels are storing stuff high. Well, I have found, I don't, I don't know where these squirrels get them, but like a half-eaten piece of pizza, half of a, like say a bread roll, right. uh, pieces of stuff. Uh, of some kind of food items, right? Right. And and they'll be like on the. I'll find them on the window ledges every now and then. I'll find them on the fence, you know, where the big yeah. post is and the little crannies. Yeah, and it's like look, what, look, look at these goofy things. They're storing them in all these weird places. Well, I think you it's kind of like like you and me. Now, like I might eat almost all of a pizza, but then I leave the last piece sitting on the counter. So when I come walking by at two in the morning, I grab it and scarf it up on the go. I sometimes wonder whether whether these squirrels like to leave their their nuts and stuff on certain different areas different that they areas. know of. Yeah, uh, I will say this, and we're going to have to. How about we come back with the nut report this fall? Yeah, we'll we're going to have the to nut do report that. going again. Squirrel season's going to start in September. Um, I had read years ago. I, re- I remember reading this book that it said squirrels have a penchant for walnuts, and if you can ever find a walnut tree, you can find. And I'll tell you what, a few years back. Uh, it was opening weekend. I went hunting, and uh, I was out by past Oconomowoc by Al Brown's old place, and uh, there's a walnut tree. And it was so thick. You know, it's like a jungle in September mm-hmm. when squirrel season opens. It's just nothing but foliage. And I walked, and all I could hear was branches swaying yeah. and stuff. And up in the wa- and and nuts were just, they were cutting, and they were just falling, dropping. Them, yeah. dropping. I'd always heard... And then I got, you know, I finally tuned in. I could tell the sound of a, I'd read about it, of a squirrel cutting. There's kind of like a, a scratching yeah. kind of a, as their teeth gnaws at it. And I could hear them actually up in the trees. And I got my limit of squirrels just by standing there and waiting till I'd finally. By that one tree. By that one tree. And all of a sudden I'd wow. see, and there were both gray squirrels and fox squirrels up there. It was great. Wow. Hey, listen, Danny, when we come back, let's talk about some of the best baits that you can use for northern pike. And believe it or not, folks, uh, Pewaukee Lake has got some big pike in it, big butt pike out there. And uh, a lot of our area lakes have got really nice pike in them. So we're going to talk about some of those baits for catching pike when we come back to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents here on 105.7 FM. The fan. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough cause you notice that butt was stuck. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors coming to you from the Bait Mate Fish Attracting Studios. And I like big pike. Yes, big pike. I can't pikes. deny. And you uh, were talking pike. What do you think? What, Danny, let's talk about what our favorite lures or baits are for pike. Okay. You go first. I think I will surprise I think you, I, my friend. I, I, to me, I think your, your number one bait for pike, 
large or small, and you can use these lures in large or small sizes, but I think a bucktail, small bucktail, big, medium bucktail, whatever, I think that's always going to catch a pike. You could catch a muskie, you could catch a bass on it, but I think bucktails are one of the most popular. The other thing uh, that a lot of live bait fishermen use are big chubs or small suckers. You know, I know uh, our no-name bookie friend and his brother-in-law, they go to Big Muskego and they put out, you know, like five-inch suckers hey, or chubs. I like fishing like that. Yeah, and they catch a bunch of pike doing that. Yeah. Do they ever get any above the 40-inch size limit? Uh, no, they have not. Okay. And, yeah. Maybe. Well, as far as pike, uh, I would say for myself probably a uh, spinnerbait. Yeah, a I've, big spinnerbait that yeah. I can either bulge mm-hmm. or work deep. I've caught a lot of pike on spinnerbaits, well, you know, while fishing for bass. Right, right. Yeah. So a spinnerbait's kind of a crescent. Yeah. So I'm kind of like you said a you said a bucktail. Well, spinnerbait is yeah. probably and and work that. And I, you know, because a spinnerbait you can work deep, you can work yeah. shallow, and a bigger size one yeah. for yeah. for big pike. Um, although, as a general rule, uh, everybody thinks daredevil and all that stuff. It, it, yeah, it'll catch pike and big pike. But if you really want to get big pike, you got to think more like a musky fisherman right, yeah. and use musky baits. Yeah, yeah. I, I made the mistake of going to a lake, a Nungesser Lake, years ago, mm. back in 2000. I took my dad up there, and uh, they get pike uh, over 30 pounds up there. And uh, most they do best, though, in spring and September, times when I can't get up there, um, and they use uh, big suckers. Uh, and they'd use them at the mouth of a river mm-hmm. that kind of comes in there, and they'd get so live bait or even the dead bait, I guess, uh, works good. But uh, it's kind of like a shield type of body of water, Tom, where it's like a lake of the woods type thing. A lot of rock and gravel. Yeah, and yeah. I made the mistake of thinking pike and going up there and working uh, working primarily the, the, the weeds, you know, that they go mm-hmm. find where a bay was with some cabbage weeds. And mm-hmm. yeah, we caught pike, but we... I didn't find any of those giant ones. Right. And uh, then I started fishing uh, Lake of the Woods more regularly in Vermilion, and I started just thinking not weeds, but thinking rocks and thinking reefs and points and working big baits and, and these muskies. And uh, I'm convinced had I fished like that, that's how to get the big pike. In fact, there was a group of guys uh, next to us at a cabin, and we looked at their boat, and it looked like they were muskie fishing. And sure enough, they came in, and, and one of the kids got a 46-incher on a Suic. Uh, so I would work rock, and I'd work big bait. I'd work bulldogs mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that well, I'm, for the big pike. Yeah, I think for in Wisconsin, fishing for pike in Wisconsin, I think one bait that, that, that's going to work just about any lake you go to, I think, would be like a, a MEPS, you know, like a number five MEPS or uh or the MEPS musky killer, you know, those aren't real big, you know, but they're they're you know a good six inches maybe, right. and and I think throwing something like that, you're you're, you're gonna God, you're gonna catch all different kinds of fish, you know, you never know what you're gonna catch. But I think that inline spinner and especially MEPS, I think they'll right. do a they'll go do a good job. I mean, for your average regular angler, you know, uh, just gonna go out and start throwing. Because let's face it, in Wisconsin. You know, if you catch a 30-inch pike, that's a darn nice one. A lot of them are smaller. You catch right. a lot of smaller pike. And if you get something like 36 to 40 inches, that's a big pike. If uh, you know, if you want to have some of the most fun you'll ever have catching pike, if you can get up to one of these Canadian lakes, 
Uh, we had one, it's called Trepto. Years ago, we used to go up to, it only cost us 150 bucks to go stay in this cabin. And mm-hmm. you had some old leaky boats that you had to bring your own little outboard motor. We went in the 90s. Ron Johnson went with yeah, me yeah. up one year. And it's interesting. It's like a, you'd think it's like a shield-type lake with, with that would have a bunch of walleyes. There's not a walleye to be found in that lake. It's all pike. Really? And yeah. perch. Yeah, pike, pike and, and perch. perch. And you'd have big perch kind of come and nipping at the back of your uh bait whatever yeah. you're throwing but uh you'd get on these big weed flats with good cabbage weeds in like i don't know maybe five to seven feet of water and if there's a good chop going you drift across them i'd be throwing a jerk bait uh, a burt or a little bobby and you just work it in those waves mm-hmm. bouncing up and down and those big pike would just come swooping up yeah. savagely and you'd see the flash of a big white you know belly and they'd come and just slam it. Mm-hmm. To me, there's, to me, that is the most fun way to catch the pike. And a lot of times, though, that's why you, I, I've learned if you're doing that, you got to go with a longer leader. Now that was pre-fluorocarbon, uh, because what would happen is sometimes they'll hit on a jerk bait, and for some reason, pike and muskies will do this too. They'll roll yeah, right away. Yeah, they'll roll. Yeah, and. Back then, it was the Dacron days. All of a sudden, the line would go slack. Mm-hmm. They'd cut you in the gill plate. Right. But I'd find my bobby bait floating most right. of the time. Yeah. So I'd yeah. luck out because they'd cut me off. Now, maybe with the super line now, that wouldn't happen as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, and and pike, they're they're a lot of they're a fighting fish without a doubt. They are fighters, and they're also very good eating. You know, so they're they're fun to catch. And you know, in Wisconsin lakes, all our just about all our area lakes got some pike in them. You know, so that's why you never know when you're going to catch a pike. You know, the, you could be fishing any kind of a bait. I can't tell you how many times I've been bit off on, like with plastic worms and whatever. <laughs> you get bit off by those darn pike. Uh, sometimes we ser- swear at them. Sometimes we swear by them. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. And, you know, they're a toothy critter, which means you've got, you, you know, I know you already know this, but just for the audience sake, uh, you know, you got to use a leader or some some type of leader when you're fishing pike and muskie because they have very sharp teeth. Now, walleyes have sharp teeth too, all right? But we don't need a leader for walleyes. Does anybody in our audience know why you don't need a leader for walleyes, even though they have sharp teeth, but you need a leader for muskies and northerns? 799-1250 is the phone number. What are they going to win, Tom? They're, they're going to win the prestige of oh, knowing yeah, what the you, answer. Oh, you a chiseler? Then no, not, you okay, here, I'll tell you what. Don't we have any more Badger Sportsmen no, no, I am going to send I'm, no, I'm gonna send them an, in, no, an inline okay. spinner, brand new inline spinner, a perfect number five, and a twin arm, twin spin, white spinner bait. Okay. Okay, I'm going to send them two brand lures. Brand new. And these are brand new, never seen water. I bet you... I bet you the retail on these two would be, oh, twelve, fifteen bucks total, maybe fifteen dollars. Okay, brand new, brand new, about fifteen dollar okay. total. If if you know why you got to have a leader with muskies and northerns, but you don't need it with walleye, even though they all have teeth. They all have sharp. So they're teeth. brand new, made by leaders and lures. Yeah. and you get two free lures. You're gonna get two free lures. I'll send those out to you. So. And Greg's uh, writing Phones down stuff. Ringing off well, you might phone. not want to take his address right away, Greg, because uh, he might not have the right answer. <laughs> I 
think I got the right answer. On yeah, I'm one. sure you do. I'm sure you do. We've talked about this have before. Have we talked I about it? I think we have. Here, I think I mentioned. Oh, here, here, here we go. Okay. He's coming online now. We, we have Kurt go. from Sussex. All right. Good morning, Kurt. How you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Okay. Do you know what the answer is? Yes, I think so. Okay. Uh, walleyes have conical teeth, and muskies and uh, northerns have serrated. Well, you're you are right. I'm going to give it to you, Kurt. Yeah, muskies and northern pike have yeah. sharp edges, like knife edges, down That's the sides, of, down their side of their teeth, whereas the 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 walleye has a, a, like you called it a conical, which is like a, a, a ice cream cone. It's yeah. sharp right at the point, but it's round on the sides. So yeah. they they're not going to cut your line like a muskier northern will. Would have been a great horse yeah. So question. listen, I'm going to send you those two free lures, Kurt. I hope you can use them. Oh yeah, yes, they will. All righty, I'll send them out to you. Uh, they'll go out Monday morning. Stay on the line okay. so we can get the rest yeah. of your info. Yeah, stay on the line, okay? So, okay. Thank all you. right, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, man. So I want so, you to take a look at this picture of this 68 pound, three ounce netted by Wolfgang Hoffman in the Baltic Sea. Look at the size of this, and then you tell me whether those pictures of Louis Spray and Hartman were legit or not. When you compare it to <laughs> that, because this guy is not holding it out in any way whatsoever. That is, that is a big fish. That is, that is a huge belly on that fish. It's wide. It's thick. And look at the size of that head. That is enormous. The mouth of that pike could literally There's, go right around that guy's head. That it reminds cigarette you, and all. Now that <laughs> reminds me of the Ken O'Brien 1985 65-pound uh, yeah. musky. That that you look at it and you go, you don't have to do any photo analysis no, of these say, guys wow, to say, wow, that, that is as big yeah. as advertised. But, you know, Tom, you, you asked an interesting question. You brought up before, you thought, well, how come, like in Canada, that you thought, you know, we always hear Canada, there's, there's, there's big pike. And uh, basically, uh, this, is kind of the, uh, this is kind of the answer to that. Uh, the Inn Fisherman... Uh, did an in-depth story uh, way back when. It was called Lore of the Sawtooth, and this is where I got the information on all these big pike. And then the subject goes to North American, Canadian pike. Uh, and uh, they talk about a story how uh, one guy was up there fishing walleyes in a canoe and paddling in a canoe when all of a sudden the canoe came to a stop and it started rocking back and forth, and a giant pike had grabbed their string of walleyes and tried to tear them loose. And you've heard stories yeah. like this, where yeah. they'll grab a walleye and this and that. So there are monsters. Uh, but it, So it says, well, will someone, you know, fishing with a five-pound walleye for bait, could that actually break that <laughs> North American record of 46 pounds? But it, basically the guy says that really it's hard to break 20 pounds. And that really, 20 pounds is for years, even in Europe, kind of considered the standard of a yeah. trophy fish. Yeah. And then it says, but it's really hard to break 30. Uh, now my, or a pike, yeah. Now, my friend Bob Woods, Hoople, North Dakota, did catch a 31-pound in Lake of the Woods ice fishing years ago uh, up in Buffalo Bay. And so his statement, he says, it seems almost impossible to break 46 pounds. And he says he doesn't think it'll be done, but if it did happen, it would probably happen in some remote part of the Great Lakes or the Dakotas. And, and it says the fish of the far north, as huge as they are, they live in an environment too cold to grow fish approaching 50 pounds. So basically, it's like uh, it's what it says of those far northern lakes is that they're bowls of distilled water sitting on granite. By the time pike recover from spawning, they have only about six weeks of growing season left. 
So this North American record is, is like the Michael Jordan of Pike. A 46-pounder so far out of the ordinary that you want to question its validity, yet you know that the species can grow that big when you look at the 50- and 60-pounders from Europe. Right. And we got to go to a break right now. We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern. We'll talk a little bit more Pike when we come back. If you've got any questions or comments, give us a buzz at 799-1250. He's Danny Bush. I'm Tommy the True Newbauer, and Greg Janik is on the boards. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Like big <laughs> pike, and I can't deny whenever they bite my line. Yeah, you know if if there you go. Yeah. hey, yeah. I'm on to something yeah. here. Write this down. Somebody, we're gonna come up with our song. Yeah, if somebody call Shadrap. <laughs> if any, if anybody's got like, uh, if you got a half ounce, uh, three quarter ounce spinner bait, you know, personally, I like the black with the orange blades, but uh, white will white with uh, gold blades will work too. Just a lot of different colors will work, but. You start throwing that around the the outside weed beds, but if you can find cabbage weeds, like you were saying, Danny, yeah, cabbage weeds for pike, that's really good. I mean, that works for musky too, but yeah, they like those cabbage weeds. They, they're not really so much in that milfoil. You'll find bass in the milfoil, but not so much pike. They like those cabbage. Weeds. Yeah, the cabbage weeds are good, or or as they call them, what is it? Thin thin leaf and broadleaf pond weeds. We call them cabbage, but they really? call them thin leaf and broadleaf. Pond I've weeds. heard of broadleaf cabbage. Yeah, well, cabbage is one of our words, I think. I think that's a local colloquialism. Speaking Say of that co- three times fast. Ooh, look colloquialism. Greg's looking at Tom like, how, why, how <laughs> are you so... Cabbage is... A local colloquialism. No, not cabbage, cabbage like you have on a salad, No, no, Greg. no. We're talking about weeds. Oh. Greg's the actual sal- name of a weed Greg's might be... Greg's thinking like the salad you got at the yeah, all-you-can-eat no, no, no. salad bar last yeah, night. See, I mean, like a thin-leaf pondweed or a broadleaf pondweed, we'll, we'll just say cabbage. You, you here's know, the, weeds, one, the one thing all. that drives me nuts, Tom. What's that? Okay. Besides me. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, they, guys will talk about weeds in a lake, and they call it seaweed. Yeah, it's not a sea. People always lake go, weed. I got all this seaweed. They got all this seaweed all over my trailer. Seaweed. It's not a sea. <laughs> it's not. That, this no. is not the Baltic Sea. This is yeah. not the Indian Ocean. It's yeah. a it's a lake. So it's not seaweed. Yeah. That's one of the things. We're that not bugs. in the Mediterranean. Yeah. You can't call it seaweed. No, it's not. No. no. It's gotta be lake weed. Or just plain old just say weeds. I got weeds on my boat. Pretty simple. Works for me. Yeah. Weeds. So everybody out there, stop saying seaweed. Okay. Okay, we got that. They straight. got the they got the word. <laughs> you know what else I want to get off my chest? What do you want to get okay, off your chest? I was in a hospital last week with my mom up in Green Bay. And uh, you know, so I was stuck there for about three, four days, and I saw lots of some of the same people stuck there because they had family members. Yeah. And you know, you're all sitting around one room having coffee and mm-hmm. then you go down to the cafeteria and and then you go back and and everybody looks stressed and serious. And the, the coffee's nice, but you know what they really need at a hospital? Marijuana. They need a bar <laughs> where you can go and have a beer and just chill. Because yeah. you're just stressed out of your yeah. mind. It's like, I've just gone through a whirlwind yeah. here. I need to go sit down and, and have one cold one would be so nice just and, to diffuse. Just one. It, this is at the hospital or at the hospital. nursing home? Okay. See, hospital. at nursing homes, they need a bar there, too. They I mean, got one at P- Evergreen Nursing Do Home. They? Let me put in my infomercial yeah. for Evergreen yeah. Nursing Home. Got an old mother or dad, don't know where to put them. Evergreen Nursing Home in Oshkosh. Uh, that's where we ended up moving mm. mom, and it's beautiful yeah. there. And yeah, they do. And, and the people there are old have, enough uh, to drink. $3 omelets and $2 <laughs> beers, found out. A beer with your omelet? 
I don't, I don't know. know. Greg's shrugging I don't know. over there. Why not? How, how about a Bloody not? Mary with that we omelet? We didn't ask about like that. that. Any kind of booze with an yeah. omelet is good. Yeah, you think so? How about a little rum, straight rum? What's wrong with that? No, nothing's yeah. wrong with Pour it on the omelet. Yeah, there you go. Fire maple it up. Maple rum. Pour some maple rum on your omelet. Maple rum? Wait a second. I, I'm not into that sweet, maple? sweet whiskey. Yeah, there's a- I'm uh, not into that sweet uh, stuff. Great Lakes Distillery, which is a uh, Wisconsin yeah. distillery off yeah. of- in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's right yeah. by the Iron, House, Iron Horse Hotel. Yeah. They make a Roaring Dan's maple rum. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I'm not into that Green sweet dance, stuff. Make it, well, you know, yeah, I had some. I don't know about that. Uh, bird dog, the uh, bird dog strawberry the Pete, the, whiskey. With the peach, yeah, they got the peach whiskey and they oh, jeez, bird dog is uh, bird. That's pretty popular. Bird dog's a popular shot over at TGI Fridays on 76. And is the, it really on 76 Street off of Layton? Yeah. Yep. Bird dog, popular shot among What's some of like? the bartenders. Well, it's whiskey, but it's flavor. They have a bunch of different flavors. They have peach I had a client give me a bottle of that as a tip, so I peppermint. happened to give it to a young lady that I know, and oh. she's a big fan of the stuff now. She buys the peach. She buys the strawberry. Yeah. I, I Her suppose uncle gives it to her for mm -hmm. presents. Bird dog. I suppose that's like the rums that, I mean, uh, the vodkas that come in all different flavors of vodkas. They uh, come in all different flavors. Yeah, vodkas I do them. come in all different. I mean, you have yeah. even nowadays you have specialty ones for Bloody Marys with jalapeno flavored ones. And yeah, I think I think I'm just living in a different age in sure my mind. I just like I like whiskey, uh, my bourbon to taste like bourbon. I don't want it to taste I'm like so any kind of. I don't want it to taste in like his any days. The fruit. Coke had real cocaine yeah. in it. Back no. when he's so old. I mean, I mean, I don't want any fruit in my whiskey. <laughs> I, I just let me want tell you what whiskey. Though, the uh, bird dog bottles. I got an empty bottle <laughs> that uh, it's got a bird dog on the front of it. It's very nice for decorative purposes. Mm, so I yeah. got it next to my mounted pheasants. That oh. bottle of. Maybe I could put some colored water in there again, make it look yeah. good. But I kind of like just the bottle there. It's don't put no very flowers. Nice. Don't put any flowers. Real in it. expensive looking bottle. Yeah. It's got a bird dog and a hunter there, and mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we we'll got. bring you a bottle, Tom. Yeah. Well. Discount yeah. liquor. Yeah. They, Discount uh, yeah, liquor. Yeah, I bet you they got them. No, or they the do. beer depot. I they they got them. The beer I, depot. The oh, beer go to the beer depot. They should have yeah. some. Uh, Either one. Steaks and some probably some ribs cooked up yeah. this weekend if you stop there in Pewaukee. Yeah, you know, I we haven't talked about Bucky's uh, uh, in the last few weeks, but I I gotta get out there. I'm going I'm to Bucky's go out in about three week. weeks. We're gonna go shoot the geese again. Oh yeah, we're gonna yeah. bring those geese. There yeah, go. there's yeah. Greg. Yeah, he's all yeah. fired up. There we'll we go. Some of those sticks made out of the geese. Yeah. Well, we got one more segment coming up, folks. Stay tuned. We got a lot more to come in the uh, next uh, well, next 14 minutes, whatever. So stay tuned for more here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. We are back with the last segment of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors from, coming to you live from the Baitmate Fish Attracted Studios. So you're all done back there, Danny? Got a good one? Yeah, all done, buddy. All right, all right. And oh. Greg, you emailed that to Ron and the Mike, all that, that stuff? Or you're going to, right? No, I, I just deleted yeah. it. No, yeah, shut Here, up. I'm just writing down. <laughs> here, I'm just writing down uh, Paul Mahalik's number to give to Greg. Maybe we can give him a call. Get a fishing report here. Oh, oh, you should have said something. I got it right here. 
you, know. you got Paul's number? I got I got so many numbers here, Danny. I'm loaded with here. You want me to look it up quick? It's, I got it right here. Well, let's see who goes faster. I got my phone here well, with the contact list. Yeah, I know. I got a sheet of paper. I got to find yeah, the sheet I of paper. I got five bucks. Says I I find it faster than you. Here I got it. Four one four. Say it on the air, you bonehead. Well, why not? People can call Paul for guiding. Well, you still don't say people's phone numbers. No, that's okay. Here. I'll he'll he'll like that, but no, I found it I first. I don't think so. See, it's right Five, here. Two, Paul Mahalik. Here we go. There, he I, wrote it down. Here I wrote it down. Yeah. No, I've got, see all these numbers here, Danny, on yeah. one page and on that page? Yeah, I got all these numbers of people we can call. You got all kinds now, of No, like if you were like with the Times, you'd have like a smartphone or an iPhone I'm and one of with, the new $2,000 Apple ones I'm that's not, coming out. No, that's not me. And you'd have all of it. Like right there, nope. or on like a tablet. No, nope, that's not me. Yeah. So, Greg, if you get a hold of him, I, ask him if we can get a fishing report. I, I, we were supposed to call him a couple of weeks ago, and we got so busy, Tom. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we get so busy here. Yeah, you know, one thing leads to another. And, and, and right now, this time of the morning, Paul might be busy. Because, well, he's always fishing. Yeah. He he's always fishing. and uh, No answer? Okay. Uh, he's out on well, the water. Well, I'll, we'll try and get a hold of Paul. Uh, one thing about Paul, he's got the... Uh, He's got his finger on the pulse of the area fishing. He fishes all species. Yeah. You know you know what I look forward to in the fall? And a lot of people find this strange. I, I look forward to, I mean, there's a lot of things I look forward to in the fall. But, Football. But, I mean, when it comes to fishing, I like I like perch fishing in the fall. In a, There's a certain lake. Oh, oh, before I even get to that. Oh, I, I got to tell you. that is. No, I got to tell you. My son, Chris, he goes out with uh, one of his uh, former... Uh, 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 players from his basketball team. All right, he goes out fishing with him, and he tells the young fella, he says, I'm bringing some night crawlers along because I want to catch some walleyes for dinner. And, of course, the kid kind of rolled his eyes. Yeah, right, okay. So they get out to this certain lake, and uh, he, Chris says, right at uh, 7 o'clock, he says, I want to go over to this weed line uh, before we got to go in, before it gets dark. I want to fish there for the walleyes. So he puts on a 16-ounce jig, takes a half a crawler, puts it on there, and he tells the young fella, keep the boat in 20 feet of water, and I'll just flip up to the weed line edge there. First fish he catches is an 18-inch walleye, legal fish. Next fish he catches is a 15-inch walleye, then a 16-inch walleye, and then a 21-inch walleye, and then I think he ended up with a 15 or 16-inch walleye. So, and I said to Chris, I said, hey, that's Excellent. That's awesome. And uh, so I said to him, I said, so you remember that spot I showed you years ago? You didn't show me that spot. And I said, well, if I didn't show it to you, how the hell did you know it was there? <coughs> how did you know to fish for walleyes there? It's because I showed you all that spots on that lake where to catch walleyes. You did Oh, then we went back and forth. <laughs> you didn't show me that. He spot. doesn't remember. No, of course he doesn't. He's getting older and he doesn't remember. But anyway, in the fall, we Sounds go to, like someone we know. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of our area lakes, and, and one in particular that I know of that I like to do it in, but a lot of our area lakes, believe it or not, folks, the perch in the fall will come shallow. They don't you know, a lot of people think perch, deeper water and all that stuff. In the fall, they come up shallow. And I've always wondered, why are those perch coming up in shallow water? I mean, we're talking anywhere from two to six, seven feet of water. 
And because we're, you know, you can catch them in the deeper water and that, but why are they coming up shallow like that in the fall? And it's usually end of September, beginning or two of October. It's when we first start to get first little cool downs, you know, at night, you know. Can, can I and tell you why, Tom? I think I know why, but why? Because all the zooplankton and crustaceans in the food chain is moving into the shallows. Exactly. Little crayfish, you know, crayfish molt at different times of the year, okay? Right. And they have babies more than once a year. They have little crayfish, okay? And one of those times of the year is in the fall. And there's these little one-inch crayfish, which are orangish in color. No kidding. And they eat those. Yep, the little crayfish. Aren't those Aren't those like a helgramite? No, no. These are actual crayfish. These but aren't are... helgramites kind of look like a little crayfish no, in a no, way? No, no, uh, Little crayfish look just like a big crayfish, only in miniature. Like a little crayfish. Yeah, they just look like, and yeah, they, they get the pinchers those. and everything. So what yeah, and they bait eat those. do you use for those big crayfish? I use an orange mini-mite. Oh, brilliant. I'm telling you. It worked. That, you I'm are telling genius. You, one of, uh, we were on uh, Eagle, I think it was Eagle Lake one time. And we were ca- we were using the orange mini mites, and we were catching all these really nice perch and and big pumpkin seeds and some bluegills, but bigger perch, right? And when we were cleaning those at home, we were finding all these little perch in them. I mean, excuse me, little crayfish, and all the little crayfish were orangey in color, you know. So anyway, that wow. I, that's one of the reasons I think the orange mini mite works. That I don't know. Makes sense to me. But anyway, but yeah, it's but it's just funny how they move up in the fall. But you know they got to be following food. They got to be because they're not spawning in well, the do fall. You, do you think that's a pattern unique to the your secret lake? No, X, no. Y, I, Z, I, you know you we, think we've, that's... we've caught those on other lakes like that. But yeah, one lake I like going to that I, I know certain spots where I know they're going to be. You know, and you know the problem is you get uh, probably six or eight of those five, six inches right. for every nine right. or ten incher that you get, you know. So you got to weed through them. You well, know? you can, if you fish the east end of Pewaukee, ice fishing, Oh God! in you... those weeds, there's a lot of perch lot cruising of perch. through those weeds. And there are some big ones out there. Yeah, there, there are. are. There are. So if a guy were to actually sit and target some of those, mm-hmm. you could probably weed through and get mm-hmm. enough over seven inches maybe. Yeah, but you're going to gonna catch it... a lot of three and four inches, boy. I'll tell you, there's a lot of those little ones, but you know what? That's great food for those walleyes. And those walleyes are oh. growing and growing. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's going to happen in Pewaukee, besides there being a lot of legal walleyes in that lake, hopefully next year, you know, besides that, Danny, I I, uh, I think there's also going to be a reduction in the smaller perch, and you're going to see bigger perch in that lake then, too, more bigger perch. But you know what I wish they'd do on Pewaukee when it comes to the walleyes? I wish they'd put a slot light, slot limit on them in the next few years. You know, throw those spawners back, those, let's say, uh, 20 to 20, let's say, what is it, 20 to 25 inches or whatever, right, something right. like that. Throw those back and, you know, still have the three fish limit, and you could keep one over that slot size limit, you know, two under, one over, yeah, three under. They did. That would be kind of nice. They did just up it to the two over 18, which is better than the previous. Where? On Pewaukee. I thought it's three fish limit. Uh, yeah, it's a three fish limit. Is it three over yeah. 18? Yeah, three fish sure? over 18. Positive. Positive. And previously it was what? Five over 15, wasn't right. it? Right, right. So right. they did change it to three. I yeah, know it's three over, over. Three over 15. I mean, three over 18. Yeah. It is over 18. Yeah. So, and that was Ben working with the Pewaukee chapter. So, mm-hmm. working cooperatively. So they did do something. I still think the slot limits on a lot of our area lakes 
would be wonderful. I think it would work. Well, I mean, the, it works everywhere well, else. Well, the biologists would disagree on those yeah, on some of those well. that aren't self-sustaining. But I'll tell you where it would work is where on the Bay of Green Bay, yeah, where natural recruitment's getting much better. Guys are catching more fish, must uh, pike out there. Yeah, more, yeah. They and the biologist didn't make any sense when I she said there's not enough pike to really even worry about putting a yet, you know. So there's not enough of them, so don't protect them. It's five fish any size right now, and that's just the dumbest thing yeah, in the world. And someday have... they'll change it when they feel like it's their idea. Yeah, that, that that's a place that should have a slot limit, without a doubt. Definitely, Bay of Green Bay. Hey, Danny, it's good having you back. I had a lot of fun this morning. Good to Greg, be back Greg, again, thanks my for friend. everything as usual. I'll get all those prizes out. You'll get prizes out. Thanks to our listeners, yes, our loyal listeners, you. who listen loyally Yeah, by their <laughs> loyal listeners. <laughs> To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors coming to you from the Baitmate Fish Attractant Studios. We have been presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Let's all plan on going up to Fall Fest next week, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.